It is Monday, May 29th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well on this Memorial Day, which, of course, is a day that we honor and pay our respects to those who pay the ultimate price so that we can do all these amazing things in this country of ours. So certainly a tip of the cap to all those amazing, amazing people. It's always interesting. I When people say happy Memorial Day, I don't know if it, is that an accurate term? I'm not I'm not trying to be here frivolous or funny or anything. What what do we do? Because we're honoring the those that aren't with us anymore. Yeah, I mean it's I think you can say happy Memorial Day. I think uh, you know, it's a celebration in honor of them. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that is fair. No question about it. And I know that baseball really does an amazing job throughout the entire season of honoring those those veterans and all that. And obviously on this Memorial Day, I'd like to see all 30 teams play. Instead, we've got, I think, 22 of the 30 that will be in action. And that includes the Chicago White Sox, who will play the Angels later today. And it means the possible return of Liam Hendricks, which is why I'm wearing a White Sox cap. Uh, he is, has been activated. Uh, he is good to go. He is cancer-free, which is awesome. Hopefully he will get in the game and we will get to throw him some flowers on tomorrow's show. So we just want to wish Liam back. Uh, I know I saw the Blue Jays put out a great post where some of his former teammates and guys that are relatively close to him, you know, just said how proud they were of him and his fight. I just think it's going to be awesome when he takes them out for the first time, Ploofy. I mean, he is how many months removed from finding out he had cancer? Like five? Well, Six? Yeah, we heard about it at the beginning of spring training, I think, right? That's insane. So, you know, just a, a fighter in all um, facets of life, dude. Like, I hope he gets in the game today, even if he doesn't. Like, it's just incredible that he got through it so quickly and is in shape to be a big league pitcher. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be so, awesome. Yeah, shout out to Liam. So I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's him. All right, so uh, let's get to some of the interesting stuff that happened this weekend. The Yankees take a series from the San Diego Padres. Uh, Fernando Tatis was kind of caught in the middle of stuff yet again. You had a feeling he was going to be um, as he had to deal with some of the fans out there in right field. In fact, this was a little taste of what he was dealing with. All right, I think I think we get the idea. We don't need to hear. All right, we get we get you, we get you. And for those that are audio only, he was sitting there, kind of playing the role of conductor, if you will, orchestra conductor, like to the chants and all all this. And we heard you're a fucking cheater and all that sort of shit. How do you think he handled it? We've seen this once before. I think it was in Chicago where he he might have dealt with some fans one way, but this was the worst that he's heard it so far. I mean, what else are you gonna do? especially playing right field, you're just going to hear it. Like that's playing outfield is the spot in baseball where you hear the most from fans. Like you're out there kind of, I mean, you're by yourself and you're close to, to the bleachers. You're going to hear it. So I, for me, it's like, what's he going to do? If he stands there and just doesn't say anything, it's going to continue. If he stands there and does what he did there, orchestrating them, it's going to continue. It's, whatever allows him to go out there and perform. And he had a great first night there uh, with some big homers. And uh, I think that's the thing he'll have to do is just back up whatever you're going to do to answer those with your play or just focus on your play and have fun with it whenever you can. Uh, but to me, I have no problem with him doing this. 
I, I think before I said, I was like, I don't know if he needs to be kind of like enticing the crowd, but the more and more I think about it, it's like, what's he's a young kid. Like what's he supposed to do? Like he can't go there and apologize to everyone and he can't yell things back at them. So he's just having fun with it, trying to not let it affect him. So uh, I think it's kind of just Tatis doing what Tatis does. He seems like he's like a fun-loving, energetic type of person. And this is how he's handling it. And I have no problem with it. So he said afterward, it was loud. It's New York. You're going to hear everything. Just giving a good time to the fans. You got to learn how to embrace it, which I think is probably a pretty mature quote for this, right? There are going to be some people who are like, no, you should just sit there and take it. He has been handed a penalty. He served his penalty. I like to live in a world where once you serve your penalty, you, you move on. And and by the way, that doesn't mean that you have to like a guy. I think he is still trying to wrestle with the whole thing of being one of the sport's most popular players prior to the PED scandal to what he is now. And I, I don't know what he is. I, like, if you were to take a poll of a cross-section of baseball fans, do you think most people like him or don't? Oh, I think the youth still really likes him. The young uh -huh. kids still see him play and they see, you know, the way he wears a uniform and like the things that he does on the field and they still like him. If I went and polled like, you know, the kids that I have on my youth team, like they still like Fernando Tatis Jr. They know that he got suspended, but they still like him. Uh, for the adults, I think it's a little bit different. I think they're going to hold him a little bit more accountable for his actions, even though he already served his suspension. Like you said, uh, he's going to continue to hear this. And that's the thing, I guess the point uh, that I tried to make was he's almost like Carlos Correa is just going to get booed forever, which I don't think he deserves to be booed forever. Like they're just, people are going to be coming at Tatis for the rest of his career. So there's really no stopping it, no matter what he does. Um, but I guess to answer your question, I would say that it's probably split and the youth would like him more, but the adults probably don't. I'll be curious to see if he gets voted in the all-star game. If he's even on the ballot, I don't even know. So I think that'll be something to be really interesting to keep your eye on moving forward. Okay. The one thing he's got to do, he's got to continue to hit homers because the rest of that lineup just ain't getting it done. They are fourth Ooh. place in the NL West. And I just, they are one of the great mysteries of this season, but we've talked about that ad nauseum. All right, uh, biggest deal of the weekend for you. Pete Alonso, first guy to 20 homers this year. Spencer Strider, first to 100 strikeouts. Uh, Aaron Judge leading the AL in homers despite missing 10 games this year. Craig Kimbrell, the eighth member of the 400 Save Club, or you could go off the menu if you want. Yeah, I appreciate you setting me up with all those, but I'm going to go off menu, a little secret menu. We talked about this team a lot in April and the start they got off to, and then we said, you know what, May is going to be tough for them. I'm talking about the Rays offense. They are leading the major leagues in every offensive statistical category that matters. Batting average, some people say may not matter. They're even leading in that. Home runs, runs, OPS, stolen bases. They have 10 guys, Rosie, with an OPS over 800. When we look at lineups, we say, hey, we need, we need like five or six guys. They can bang. Get, give me, give me, give me a OPS plus over a hundred, and then we'll talk about what we can do at the bottom of that lineup to get it turned over. No, not with the Rays. It doesn't matter the lineup construction, where they put guys, when they play them. Everyone is producing. We saw it against the Dodgers this weekend. 
with a massive offensive outburst in that last game. They never go anywhere. No lead is ever safe. Go look at the pitching statistics, too. They lead in a lot of those. But this team has continued, in my opinion, to defy the odds. Now, you could say, hey, they've been doing it all year, but like, how how long can they keep it up? When's the last time a team went pole-to-pole leading all the offensive categories like this? It doesn't look like they're going anywhere. Like, they went through a tough month of May. They played some really good teams, see, Rosie, and they're still doing it. They just took two or three from the Dodgers in a series that looked like a Rays series. You know, they it's what this team's been able to do is incredible. And I mean, they are not just leading these categories, they're running away with some of these categories. They have 12 more homers than the next closest team. That's Atlanta and the Dodgers. Both pretty good lineups right there. Um, their OPS is 848 as a team. The next closest is Atlanta at 799. Like they are, that's, that's an amazing number. They're that's crazy. So that's, that's my most impressive of the weekend of the month of the season, the Tampa Bay Rays offense. Uh, it's the guy I mentioned a little bit earlier, Spencer Strider. So he got to a hundred strikeouts in the fewest innings since they moved the mound to its present distance of 60 feet, six inches. So since 1893, that's ridiculous. Now, I, I wanted to start crunching some numbers a little bit to see if he could get to 300 strikeouts. It's going to be close. Let's say okay. for whatever reason that he makes 30 starts this year. But he doesn't give you a ton of innings. It's it's really – his stat lines are are fascinating. Like him and, really him and Hunter of, Green are like the same thing. They just strike out a bunch of guys and have to leave early because of right. it. Only twice in 11 starts this year is he recorded an out in the seventh inning or beyond. Only twice. So I would love to see him kind of stretch himself out. I don't know if that means that he's got to make some adjustments to get outs earlier in the count. I don't know how you do that as a pitcher. I know that guys, there are guys I've talked to that are like, yeah, you know, you work on that. You work on finding the bat, but not the barrel of the bat and stuff like that. But the strikeouts are so fun, particularly with this guy and his build and him wearing 99 and the mustache and everything else. Right now, if he makes 30 starts based on the innings pitch, He's on pace for 290. So he's really, yeah, he's right there. He's right there, but he's so much fun to watch. Um, I just love him. I love him. I'd love to get him on the Rose rotation. I, I think he's a real interesting dude. He's fun to watch, and he is, without Max Freed in that starting rotation, he is the guy who every five days they need to count on to give him some length. So he's fun. By the way, And also, I do want to say tip of the cap to uh, Craig Kimbrell. I know it's been kind of yeah. an up and down last few years for him, but I thought it was kind of cool for him to get his 400 save in the city where he got so many of them in Atlanta. Shout out, Craig. Spencer Schreider, 15 Ks per nine. Leads Woo! the major leagues, obviously, and he's averaged in his big league career 14 Ks per nine. That's insane. That ain't bad. Hey, today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you have no idea what SeatGeek is, open up your ears. They're the number one ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads. That makes them the number one rated ticketing app. So here's what you do. Pick up this thing, your phone. You download the SeatGeek app. Why? Because there's more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek. That includes sports, concerts, festivals, and much more. And they always want to help you get your butt in the best seat possible. So they color code it, right? They put a green dot if you're getting a great deal. So green is good, red, bad. Not the best deal for you. Thumbs down, as Ploof just gave you. 
Every ticket is also backed by a buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps for future dates. And Baseball Today's got the hookup for you. If you use the code word TODAY, you're going to get 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase with the promo code TODAY. Click on the link in the description to download the app today. Listen, your kids are getting out of school. There's a lot of great baseball games you're going to want to go to. The schedule now includes so many more stars coming to your town since you have to play every team every year. Go see them. You want to go see your favorite stars that haven't made a trip to your city in the last three or four years? Go use the SeatGeek app. Go buy it today. Detroit Tigers fans, you should be buying your tickets on SeatGeek. Why? Because your team is just a game out of first place in the American League Central after taking care of business against the White Sox this weekend. Blue Jays took two or three out of Minnesota. So are we finally a believer in the Detroit Tigers? Are they a true contender in this weak AL Central? I think you hit it there. Like, overall, am I excited about this Tigers team? Like, not really, but in the Central where the Twins just have not found their footing offensively. Bullpen's been an issue for them as well. Um, The Guardians have one player with an OPS over 700. We just talked about the race with 10 players over 800. The Guardians have one over 700. So yeah, it's up for the wow. taking. And the Tigers, you know, uh, basically they just got up to a bad start. A lot of guys got up to bad starts and then they've had a good May. And that's that's the recipe for getting back in contention. Uh, Lorenzen uh, had a really tough right. April. I think he pitched like a seven uh, in April. He's been great um, in the month of May. Uh, Riley Green's got it going. Spencer Torkelson's got it going. McKinstry's got it going. They, they, all these guys started slow and they just picked it up, and it's put them in a position now where, yeah, like they're they're still sub five hundred, I believe, but they're within striking distance of a weak AL Central. So, are are they a contender as far as like winning the whole damn thing? No, but are they a contender in this AL Central? Yes, they are because nobody has separated themselves, and that is coming from a guy who, who I believe in the Twins. I think they can turn it around, but until they do. The Tigers are right there on their heels. Yeah. And by the way, make sure you tune into Bally's North today because my man Trevor Plouffe will be on the pre and post game show yeah. before they face. Aren't they playing the Rangers? They're playing the Astros. Oh, they're playing. Oh, the Astros. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention Zach Short going off too. Yeah. Zach Short, our, our guy. guy from the compound. Nice. Um, yeah. You hit it on the head, right? The, the division is a joke. Every team in the AL East and every team in the AL West, except for the Oakland A's, has a better record than the Minnesota Twins in the American League. That's not good. But what it means is Detroit, you're a contender. Cleveland, you're a contender. Chicago White Sox, although Ploof says no, I think you're a contender as well. Um, It's basically been three guys carrying the torch for the Tigers offensively. Badu, McKinstry, who's been great in his return to – the state of Michigan. He went to college. He's a Central Michigan Chippewa. And then Riley Green is turning into the player that we thought he would be when he was a top five prospect. Last year was really rough for him. He looked kind of like a baby giraffe out there. It just wasn't going well for him. Well, now he is he's turning into a stud. He is playing some great defense. He's putting the ball mm-hmm. in play with some pop. He's legit. And Erod's been fantastic. I have no idea what happened with his disappearing act literally from the team a year ago. That's his business and the team's business, but it's good to see him back and throwing the way that he's throwing. We'll see him in Seattle for the all-star game. One other note. I saw that Tariq Skubal, speaking of guys that 
have played in an all-star game, or at least I think he made an all-star team. Um, he was throwing to a couple of guys this weekend, including Jonathan Scope, or within the last few days. They're not putting a timetable. They're keeping mums the word on him. But I would not be surprised to see him back in the rotation at some point, maybe over the next month. Could be seeing a rehab assignment in the near future. That would be huge for them. So they're doing a good job. Man, they're in the right division. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Erod. If they're, if they're, what if they're in first place in the Central? What do you do? He's not going anywhere. He has He's not going to go anywhere. After this year, I think so. Okay. All right. So, pretty you, sure. You're let's, not, you, let's, Dan, check that. Check that out. I'm pretty sure he does. Okay, but there. I think there's going to be a lot of pitchers that are available. A lot of starting pitchers. I mean, Stroman could be a guy that's available. I've talked about Shane Bieber being available. Um. There's going to be some other really good starting pitchers that might not, you know, Bieber's a guy who's got a year and a half left. Stroman can be a free agent at the end of this year. Opt out after this season. Good job, Dan Rourke. Good job, Trevor Plouffe. Thank you. As of right now, he's not, they're not going to do anything with it. Okay. Thank you. All right. uh, Which pitching performance will you more closely be watching on this day? Domingo Herman making his return to the mound for the Yankees after his 10-game suspension for using a foreign substance there in Seattle. Or Mike Soroka of the Atlanta Braves expected to make his season debut as Atlanta is in Oakland. I think I'm going to be paying more attention to Soroka. Um, I just gave him an award on Talking Baseball earlier today. The amount of time that he's had kind of like by himself rehabbing this thing is can be so mentally frustrating and just taxing. Uh, you know, he tears the Achilles, then he tears it again. Uh, and then he, earlier this year, he's dealing with hamstring stuff to kind of set his timetable back. And he's just like, it's one thing after another. And those are the Achilles is a massive injury, obviously. Mm-hmm. So to work back from that, we're talking a guy who was, Second in the rookie of the year voting, sixth in yeah, six in the Cy Young um, mm-hmm. in 2019, showing so much promise. And then all of a sudden, your career is derailed with major injuries and you're working back from it and you're finally getting to step back on the field. I got to imagine he's nervous, excited, uh, happy. He's facing the A's, I would say. Um, I'll be watching that one. I think it's just a cool story, like a perseverance. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got a little emotional on the mound tonight. Mm-hmm. He should. He absolutely should. Um, yeah, that's the one I'm watching. With Herman, I mean, come on. If if he's going out there with anything, but he said, I'm going to, I expect to use less rosin. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best. <laughs> yeah, do something different. Yeah, I think that's probably best for your first start back. We've forgotten how good Mike Soroka was when he finished runner-up to Alonzo for Rookie of the Year. 2019, he was an all-star. He went 13-4 and four over 29 starts at 2.68 ERA, almost 175 innings pitched. He was freaking filthy, dude. Really, really good and fun. So not only is it great that we're seeing him for the first time since the pandemic season of 2020, his first start is where he tore his Achilles. Um, but more than that, the Braves really need him. They need it's yes. not like, hey, let's see how Soroka does. Like, no, no, no. They need him, right? They they've basically got three pitchers they know they can definitely rely on at this point. Strider, 
Morton, Elder. Schuster gave him a nice start recently. Dodd has been up and down. So they are begging for people to grab those fourth and fifth spots so it's not those three guys and then TBA, TBA. So this is a great opportunity for him. He's coming back at the perfect time. Obviously against a team that's lost 11 in a row is a nice kind of soft way to get back in there probably. But um, I think we're everybody's rooting for this guy. Yeah, even Mets, even Mets and Phillies fans today are rooting for Mike Soroka to just get through healthy and to put together a decent performance. I would say hundred percent. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. All right, last thing. Speaking of Oakland, just said that they lost their eleventh straight. Uh not pretty. The Houston Astros came in and hit seven tanks against them on Sunday, including Jose Abreu. His first one is an Astro. He sprinted around the bases, said he wanted to go celebrate with his guys. He slid into the dugout afterward and got mobbed. Scale of 1 to 10. What do you think of his creativity on the home run celebration? Oh, people are not going to like this one. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think that, uh, I mean, it's pretty disrespectful. I know he's celebrating really? with his guys, but think about this. I want you to really think about this. Would he... <laughs> Would he do that if he was facing any other team? Literally any other team in the big leagues. I feel like going into Oakland right now does not feel like a regular major league baseball game. And I mean that with as much respect as I can give to those guys. I know they're working hard over there. I know they're trying to get it done. I know Kotze is you know, making sure they're doing all the right things, but the results obviously are just horrific. I can't imagine. I can imagine him sprinting around the bases and wanting to like be with his boys. I get it. I'm not opposed to that. I'm down with the home run celebrations, but like if you watch the A's, they're all looking at him like, what is going on right now? Like it's it's almost like embarrassing for the Rays or for the A's that that happened. Yeah. I don't know I don't if think... you get the same feeling for me. It's like he, I don't think he was trying to be disrespectful. No, to I, the that's A's. what I, I don't, don't think, think so. so either. But I also don't think he would do it against any other team. I can't see him doing that. I mean, another place that has like a, a long run back to the dugout, uh, Fenway. It's like kind of a long, he would, would he do that in Boston? I, I don't know. I can't answer that because it's his first home run. So it was just, I mean, he knew it. I know he's been, I know. And he's been, I love a, Jose Abreu. You know that, you know that. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it. I thought I, I didn't have a problem <laughs> with it. I thought it was kind of creative because I'd never seen somebody slide into their dugout. You know, I mean, Adam Rosales, who used to hit home runs in that ballpark, not a ton of them, but he hit some. He used to sprint around the bases, and that was kind of his thing, right? This was obviously different. I think he eventually got hit. Didn't he get hit in his next at-bat? Oh, I didn't see that. So, I mean, was it like uh, intentional? Yeah, I think I think he did get hit in his next at-bat. I'm pretty sure. Okay, and that, answer, that answers my question. If the A's thought yeah. it was disrespectful, clearly. I have to go back and look right. at the hit-by-pitch, but. Yeah. Well, so this takes us to a very interesting thing, and I want to finish up the show with this. I had kind of an interesting uh, evening last night with the Houston Astros Twitterverse mm. because the Astros put out a tweet from their team-run social media account that said 10 runs for tens of fans to see. And I thought it was a low blow. I thought it was a shot at the fans. And I said, hey, basically, 
basically I said, let's be classy here, you know, for a fan base that's really hurting. And it is. It's hurting. Some people will make fun of them and say, well, if they're hurting, why don't they show up? This Them moving to Las Vegas or the prospects of that run much deeper than the fan base not showing up. And by the way, this is on ownership. This really is on ownership. And it could be political, too. I haven't done a true deep dive into everything that the city of Oakland has not done to help keep this team in this area. I know it has been a constant battle for decades to try and either get improvements to the Coliseum or a new place to land. It hasn't happened. So I put that out there. And of course, Astros Twitterverse goes nuts. My point was, hey, if Astros fans say that stuff, fine. You can say whatever the hell you want. When a major league team does it, I think it's wrong. And that's why I called them out. That's why they took the tweet down today. They took it down. They probably rethought it, and they were like, yeah, shit, it didn't look good. So at the end of the day, I think that it's important. It, it It's hard for me to try to explain people's feelings, words, et cetera, on Twitter because it never makes any sense. I would just say just try and be kind. Doesn't always that. happen. I've made mistakes. People have made mistakes. Not a big deal. Yeah, and like sarcasm doesn't really come off on Twitter, and it's it can no. be misconstrued. Uh, I I'm reading the article here. Kotsay, at the end, uh, said I have the utmost respect for Abreu and his career and what he's accomplished. I'm sure it was a lot of frustration going to the time frame, and for him, a lot of excitement, and it showed. So he had no hard feelings. Dusty Baker had to come say he wasn't trying to show anybody up. Now was that Kotsay's true feelings? I'm not so sure. Right, might not be him. Right, but he handled that right. So. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the A's. The A's have just, it's been in, interesting as, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's something out there in Oakland right now. And you do feel well, for the fans. More than anybody, absolutely. you feel for the fans. Yeah, because John Fisher is a guy who was born on third base, the kid of the founders of the Gap, right? The clothing store. So he's had a lot of good things go his way. I don't know him, so I can't personally say anything about him. But, geez, oh, man. And they're about to get a sweetheart deal approved in Las Vegas. They're trying to run it through some sort of backhanded way today on a holiday where people aren't going to be around to protest uh, any of the political, you know, jargon that is thrown out there with the possibility of something passing in the Las Vegas community. So it's just this all it's all shady. And this is, by the way, this is so shitty for Major League Baseball to have one of its 30 teams putting this product on the field. Yeah, it's, it's terrible it's, it's, for so, on so many levels. You expect them to get swept right now, and that's tough. They have 10 freaking wins. They're on pace for 31 wins. 31! Hey, I don't want anyone like thinking I don't like Jose Abreu or like I'm mad at him. I just think he wouldn't have done it against any other team. That's my biggest point here. Hey, you can You can have it both ways. You can say, listen, dude, there are times that we have both made mistakes in our lives. Doesn't mean we're bad people. Mm -mm. I don't think it was that bad what he did, but that's fine. Okay. You can think he that was way. definitely happy. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, he's got a 50 OPS plus. He's been struggling. They need him to go. I think his negative 1.2 yeah, or he was like one of my favorite pickups for the Astros going into the season. Right. Hasn't happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully get some. All right. Um, 
Let's see. The latest Rose rotation is out. Interesting clip has already made its way around with Chris Bassett of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, where he's talking about the Aaron Judge side eye. Once again, boy, people have got to listen to these things. You know, they're like, oh, he's just making excuses. Listen to the clip or go listen to the interview yeah. where we talked about what happened. He's not he's not saying Aaron Judge was wrong. Holy smokes. People just do not listen. It is incredible. Come on. Everybody get on board. Let's pick it up a little bit. We're back at it again on Tuesday's show. Yes. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rohr. For the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, good luck on your Twins Astros broadcast. Thank you. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.